a college football fan, then you all people know yesterday, which would be Wednesday, February 5th, was National Signing Day. It's a huge day. Uh, it's a day of joy and celebration for not only the student athletes, but the programs as well here, as it offers hope uh, for improvements and bolstering already stacked teams. Uh, but before we get into this class, which is a very, very impressive class, I might add, I spent last night, after getting off of work, about three, three hours watching film on the 35 to the, on the 25 high school signees, um, UCL inked 35 people uh, combined with the mid-year transfers, there were 10 mid-year transfers uh, and 25 high school Recruits that signed yesterday and recording this on Thursday. Uh, so before we dive into that, because let me tell you, it it is a very impressive class here. Uh, we're gonna start with other useful happenings. It has been a while uh, on the basketball front. The, the 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 men's team currently sitting at seven and fifteen on the season. Had a little run there. Uh, if you recall it, last time we came on here, they uh, had hit the they, they beat they beat Newman on the road in a very close contest. I believe Deshaun Bell hit a mid-range jumper uh, as time expired there to get them the win. Uh, they were on the win three in a row. However, it has been a tough sl uh, slate as of late. They have lost six in a row, including a very tough loss to a top five 
our Northwest Missouri State team that's only lost one game this season and even gave Duke a run for their money in an exhibition game earlier on a way to lost by eight points. Uh, it actually won the first half. Uh, they, they are preparing both the men and women for their final road trips of the season. They're playing Kearney today, Thursday, and travel to Fort Hayes on Saturday. Uh, the women are 15 and 6 on the season as well. Kind of been up and down here as of uh, as of as of as of late. Mainly the scoring, the defense has has been there. But again, a lot of youth and a lot of promise here for the women's basketball program. So looking forward uh, to seeing both those teams close out the season strong there, and then get ready for. Uh, the conference tournament baseball baseball and softball has started here we're going to start off with baseball two and one on the season so far uh they opened with two straight wins uh 10 to 4 over henderson state and a dominating 16 to 3 win over northwestern oklahoma state they then lost to conference for missouri southern six to three uh, they are participating in the Henderson State Invitational this Friday through Sunday, facing Ochata Baptist, OBU, and Henderson State once again. So I'm wishing them the best of luck in that tournament. Uh, they currently lead the MIAA in batting average and total strikeouts after opening weekend. Um, and they were picked second in the preseason polls in the MIAA. So, expecting a big thing from a Broncos team that I believe won 38 games last year. I think the record was 38 and 20. Uh, I also saw on their Instagram page that they also opened a new locker room. Let me tell you, that is a mighty nice looking locker room there. Uh, that is only going to bolster a budding program. And also, they introduced on the 26th of January here, uh, former Bronco grades Guy Hardiker, who's currently the women's basketball coach, Bob Daly, uh, Rothy Briggs, and Ray Danzy, along with Brandon Bacon, were inducted into the Ring of Honor. So I want to wish those... Gentlemen, uh, a congratulations there on that is a very huge honor. Softball off to a slow start this season, one and five, with the lone win being five to two over Cameron. However, they finally have a home game, a home opener. Hopefully, will take place tomorrow, which is, or Friday at two p.m. There is a doubleheader, a first one two p.m. against Swasu. And then 4 p.m. against Southeastern Oklahoma State. Uh, then they're also at home this weekend as well. Saturday, another doubleheader being at 12 p.m. against Southwest Baptist, followed by a 2 p.m. game against Carmel Christian, and then wrap it up on Sunday, a noon game against Colorado School of Mines and at four versus East Central University out of Ada. Finally here on the other sports front wrestling. 
Number number six, UCO Broncos wrestling team, eleven and one in the country, coming off a big time road upset over number three, Nebraska Curry, twenty four to seventeen, uh, led by one Heath Gray, who was named MIAA Wrestler of the Week for his efforts. Marks the sixth straight week a Bronco has done that. So uh, uh, the wrestling program here are just top notch. Again, I saw they signed, I believe, a couple of wrestlers too. Uh, that program is just staying on the rise. They have a big matchup here on the 12th. They travel to number two McKendry. Uh, I like to think if they can win that game, but I hope they can move up in the polls uh, before that. I mean, you beat the number three team in the country. Uh, they should have a chance at number one ranking, you know, top top two, at least top three ranking if they can win that. Uh, and then they host Chelsea, Missouri on February 16th. So I want to wish the wrestling program uh, the best of luck there moving forward. A very, very, very dominating season for them right now. A lot of lopsided wins, and, and uh, I'm wishing them the best moving forward. I know they also got a new wrestling room uh, as part of the uh, Hamilton expansion. That if you've not seen that yet, uh, it is wonderful. It is definitely program changing right there. Uh, the locker rooms are fantastic. It is just top knots all the way around. Uh, so I do want to point that out as well. Now, moving on to other football-related news. Uh, on the players' front, we do have some players shifting here. Uh, most notably, uh, quarterback Will Collins is foregoing his final year of eligibility to pursue... To <laughs> to pursue a military career. I want to uh, wish Will Collins the best of luck there. Th thank him in advance for his service. Uh, you recall Will Collins came off the bench a couple of years ago, went 6-1 down the stretch as a starter, or straight at that massive bowl comeback against Angelo State that uh, he, Still, to this day, one of the greatest comebacks I have witnessed. Uh, so, I wish him the best of luck in his military pursuits. That now leaves the top two quarterbacks of Chandler Garrett. Well, technically three. Uh, Chandler Garrett, Keith Calhoun, and Brandon George. They also have added another one we will get to here shortly. Um, so, curious to see how that battle uh, will go. Um, also, defensive lineman Corey Brown Jr., uh, a, a dedicated listener of the Cho Show podcast, um, has transferred to Division II power Valdosta State in Valdosta, Georgia for his final season. So I want to wish uh, Corey Brown Jr. the best of luck there um, and hope that he continues um, listening to the podcast and that he has a great senior season uh then on the coaches front here we have some shift shifting on the on the coaches front um the defensive coordinator russ pickett has retired from coaching uh and according to footballscoop.com pickett looks forward to spending more time with his family as he seeks 
new opportunities outside of coaching that provide better work slash life balance. So I want to wish uh, Russ Pickett a happy retirement here again. I know his unit started off started off the season rough, but played great football down the stretch. We're talking about a team that had what 13 and 13 and a half sacks in the last five five or so games. Really turned it on late there. Uh, also had Daniel Bauman be top 10 in the country in pass deflections. So uh, I'm, I'm wishing him the best of luck here. Uh, and former UCO defensive bass coach Nick, Nick, Nick Graham was on the move up once again. If you recall, he left to become the DB coach at McNeese State. Well, he has hit the pinnacle of college football as he is now the new cornerbacks coach of Texas San Antonio and the new head coach Jeff Trailer. So uh, Coach Nick Graham now literally in a matter of like four years has gone from tiny old UCO to the FCS McNeese State and now to FBS Texas San Antonio. So I do want to wish uh, Coach Grander, and congratulations and the best of luck in his new coaching venture. Now, there are a couple of new coaches that I noticed on the roster on Bronco Sports. Uh, well, actually, one of them I did and one of them I saw digging through Twitter uh, leading up to this trying to find uh, information on signing day. Uh, and that is uh, Dustin Landry. Uh, Dustin Landry comes from West Georgia, where he was the defensive coordinator last season after being the safeties coach at Troy the year before and a grad assistant at Auburn under Gus Malzahn. His defense at West Georgia allowed only 26.6 points per game and a little over 350 yards per game while notching 11 interceptions. So uh, it, it was a, a stout unit there, uh, which is which is promising here because, again, as I mentioned before, Utah's defense early on struggled, really came down the stretch here. But the 11 picks there, Jump, jump out to me. I forgot to check the, the fourth fumbles, but uh, that is that is very impressive numbers in this day and age of you know offensive happy football. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does. I know he has made a huge impact on the recruiting trail because let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, there there are some impact guys. There's some impact guys in this class. I, I, I was watching film on, especially along the line. And uh, let me tell you, I had to watch some clips about three to four times because the, the highlights just that impressive. I finally hear new, what new running back coach and recruiting coordinator Jesse Ornelas comes from Independence Community College, so you probably have seen him on Last Chance U, uh, and it was a, probably a key reason why they landed a couple of transfers from Independence that they did this season. Now with that out of the way, we move on to the meat and potatoes here. 
which is the signing day class. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there were 35 signees, 25 high school, and 10 mid-year transfers. Um, the strength of this class is the size and the length. We've got some big bodies there. I know that has been a focal point of Coach Bobek for quite some time. Uh, most notably in the secondary is where you're going to see a lot of promising length there. Um, the defensive line, I believe we signed around 10 defensive linemen in total counting the major transfers. We know the pass rush was really lacking last season here. I don't think I'm lying when, I'm, when, I, when I say that. Uh, and the sack leader, one Draquan Brown, has graduated. So, uh, and then you also had the departure of Corey Brown Jr. So, I'm really curious to see here uh, how many of these guys play early. Uh, again, I expect the transfers to. But there's some freshmen that are going to push for playing time. You know, last year when we, when we came on here, I pointed out uh, Isaiah Major from Millwood, and he did indeed play. You also had Dylan Buckhart, a true freshman that also played. You had Lane Grantham, another true freshman that also played. And then on the transfer front, you had uh, obviously Amante Preach Phillips. He started. Josh Moore started and came on strong late. You also had Richard Desir Jones played. Devin Badgett played. So you, you had a lot of early impact guys, even from last year's class alone. I would suspect the same thing that happened this year. Uh, before we get into the class, this is what Coach Bobek had to say on his recruiting class. Quote, this high school's this, this high school signing class is one of the best groups we have signed in my time at UCO. Recruiting is about creating competition within the program. We believe that we were able to, to do that in every position. 24 of 25 signees are from Oklahoma high school football programs. This is in addition to 10 mid-year signees that are already on campus. Through both the mid-year and spring signing period, we were able to address our needs and bring in student athletes that fit our program academically, athletically, and socially. They will do a great job representing the University of Central Oklahoma on and off the field. Now for these, I must note that I could not find film on the, on the, the transfers uh, no, by trying to at that point in time, I was, again, I spent about three hours here watching film. I was tired. It was roughly 3.40 a.m. this morning when I finished all set and done, started around midnight. Uh, so, that being said here, we will get into it. Uh, we're we're going to go in order. I think last year I kind of just bounced around. Uh, we're going to go in order here, uh, offense to defense, and then from quarterback on down all the way through special teams. We're going to start with a quarterback out of Tulsa Union, uh, J.D. Geneva, 6'2", He transferred in from Coweta. I remember hearing his name at Coweta, and then did not hear his name this year. I wonder what happened. Uh, he transferred to Union. Now, I don't. I think he might have got hurt because 
uh, when more high school played Union, and if you recall here, I, I went on every more high school game in the past three seasons. Uh, they had Rovon Banks at quarterback, so I'm, I'm thinking he might have got hurt. Nine dollars <clears throat> sure on that. But after watching the film, um, takeaways from him is he has a nice arm. It is definitely a live arm. Uh, really does a good job of leading the receivers to open spots. Uh, it, it has great has great touch. Uh, there were uh, there were a couple of fades, which is actually a tough throw to make. Uh, that were really well thrown, well thrown balls. Uh, he really does a good a, a really good job of fitting passes into tight windows. You know how some people. So people kind of yeah, floated out there, you know, in traffic, but but he he really gets the ball there. It's not bad on the run. Um, I, I would say the accuracy somewhat waned a little bit, but it's 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 not bad. He also offers some mobility. Uh, I'm not gonna say that he's a burner, but already has size there. Um, and, and, and like I said, does offer some mobility. I feel like you could do some design runs with him. I did see one highlight where there, where there was a design draw, and he did take you for a massive game. Uh, it was tough to bring down. Overall, I'm liking what I'm seeing out, out of him, and we're looking about where he's, where he's going to land. I'm going to go on a limb here. And say he's pegged for a red shirt. I mean, you have again Chandler Garrett, Keith Calhoun, and uh, and Brandon George already ahead of him. So uh, I I can't see him coming out of role unless injuries injury strike. Um, but he he's definitely a guy here because you know if we're looking, Chandler is a senior this year, I believe. Keats. Should be a junior. I think he got it. He got a sixth year, and then Brand George also a junior here. So, uh, in a couple of years, Neva should have a chance to really uh, be the be be the guy by his redshirt sophomore season. Uh, then moving on to running back here. This is a man I talked about. I think I came on here one episode. And uh, try to do my best to get him some some airtime. That is Jace Gardner, a six foot two ten running back on the more. Not tell you, I feel like he definitely one of the most underrated running backs in the state. I don't know how you're playing at the highest level of Oklahoma high school football. You dominate people week in and week out. I, I'm pretty sure it had to have close to 200 yards rushing against Edmund Santa Fe in that playoff upset. Uh, and it had no offers really until UCO offered him first. And then he had, I believe, about six or seven more that came in about the last two weeks before signing day. I uh, did see that he went on his visit to, visit to UCO and then committed 
literally like the next day or a day or so afterwards. Since again, I'm excited about here to add to an already stacked backfield. Talking about a guy here with tremendous balance, uh, great, great power, is faster than you actually think, uh, can catch the ball too, uh, out of the backfield here. Um, but again, to what, what, what gets me with him is tremendous balance. And I pointed out last year when they signed Will Phillips out of Enid, how he showed tremendous patience and waiting for the hole to open. This man, this is a guy here. I, I, there were times where most running backs would have gone down. But this man's balance is impeccable. Uh, he knows how to run low. Uh, which is something that you don't normally see in taller backs. Uh, but to me, is a complete back here. And really, really is a guy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really see him playing this year. I mean, you have TJ Roberts, Sable, my man, Sable Daniels. Uh, you have... Uh, Peyton Scott and Tucker Pauly, and you also have Will Phillips. It's going to be tough to get carries, I feel like, this season. I think he'll push for it because I'm just that confident in the man. The man runs angry here. I really think he's hungry. I, I, I really think he's a guy that was overlooked here. Um, I, I think he's, he's very talented back. <clears throat> there probably is some bias in that because I've seen him for the past three years. But I, I mean, this man at times literally willed Moore's offense. I think he has a very bright future here at UCO. Uh, moving on to H back, there's actually a couple of H backs. The first one is Carson Ladd, 6'3, 230 out of Fort Gibson. Uh, what, jumped, what jumped off at me here is the first couple of plays on the highlight tape I saw. He lined up at wide receiver and really was impressive. Uh, did not go down on the first on on the on the, 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 the first tackle. Uh, it took multiple tackles, uh, and then when he was lined up on line of scrimmage, nasty run blocker. Uh, a lot of pancakes. I mean, talking about, I mean, just pushing guys three, four, five yards down the field there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I mean, Marshall Tolson was a solid blocker. I remember Coach telling me numerous times he felt like he was the best blocker in the conference uh, from a H-back position. Uh, this is a guy kind of in the kind of in the same mode. I feel like he might offer more in the pass game, uh, but he's definitely a guy here. We're looking here. I think Dante McGee is a junior. That sounds about right. That, that, that sounds about right. He's a he's a junior. You still have Isaiah Jackson back from injury. Uh, but I remember last year, you know, they, they were kind of dinged up there to the point we had Von Appleman, a defensive end, uh, that had to move the ace back. So, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, this is, again, this is a guy here I feel like offers 
offers a offers a balance. Uh, I do know that Daxter Williams has now departed. So there could be a role here. Uh, I know Dante McGee probably has a stranglehold on that. Dante McGee is, in my opinion, uh, a absolute beast. You're talking about a guy here that was a running back at UConn. 6'4", 250, can catch, run, block, uh, do it all. And then Isaiah Jackson was hurt last year. was a surprise play a couple of years ago as a true freshman out of Broken Arrow. It was more of a receiving uh, eighth back. So um, I'm curious to see here. I feel like Carson would have a chance. You know, he probably would get some looks there. And then the other eighth back is Andrew Kilo, 6'4, 250. A Highland Junior College transfer by way of Kansas University. Uh, for the transfers, I'm going to just go with what Coach Bobek's uh, little spiel about bottom that he had on Bronco Sports. Uh, another talented mid-year transfer that will go through spring drills. Andrew is a versatile player that can make plays in the pass and run game. Now this will be huge because if he indeed can become the third H-back in the rotation here, it could redshirt Carson Ladd. Uh, and that would be that would be great because obviously preserving another year of eligibility uh, is what you want to see there moving forward long long term. Uh, moving on to tight end. Now this is the first true tight end I have seen signed in quite some times. Now I'm not entirely sure uh, what the offensive changes are going to be. Again, as you know, offensive coordinator Christian Hood. Uh, step down. So I'm curious to see what the offensive changes are. So this is why I was surprised somewhat to see a tight end sign. Uh, again, most of the time I've just seen the past two years, I'm really with eight backs. But uh, this is a true tight end, Cody Scott. Uh, big 6'6", 240 out of Ringling. I think they're like Class A. Uh, let me tell you though, okay, this is a guy, uh, after watching the film, really, really the thing that jumped out to me really was just raw ability, uh, because at 6'6", 240, I mean, he just, he overpowered the majority of defenders, now, has good hands, uh, has the ability to run deep. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got he's got he's got decent speed. Now, where again to me though, at the six six two, the frame alone, uh, right, right there is conducive of a red zone monster. Uh, now he can, the man's also really, I mean, in the in the run game. Uh, as far as a downhill blocker goes, is really, really impressive. This is a guy, again, uh, I would like to um, hate to see what he does after a year or two under uh, under uh, strength coach Jason Smelter's program because, he, he, I mean, because, again, the guy is raw, and I, when I looked at what uh, we had to say about him, he also agreed that he was uh, raw, but I, I'm, I this man has a very bright future. I mean, very bright future. 
um, expensive being he if he's only 240 you imagine he can get much 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 stronger and again the 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 hands are there for sure and I I'm, if you imagine in the red zone I don't know many defenders that could really be defending a 6-6 guy who again uh, really made some nice contested catches there uh, down there in Ringling. So that to me is another guy I'm keeping my eye out on. Maybe this year, definitely, definitely next year though, because I, I, I it's gonna be tough not to use him in in the uh, in the red zone, especially. I mean, because those those jump passes we did a couple of times last year. Uh, with Chandler Garrett actually worked. Now you imagine throwing a jump pass to a six-six guy, probably gonna be game over. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm uh, moving on to wide receiver. We have Jaden Gardner, six foot one seventy, out of Skytrick. Now this is a guy that was used in a variety of ways. As Skytrick actually had twenty more carries. Then he did catches uh, as a senior. Uh, I'm gonna tell you the guy shifty here. Uh, he was he was kind of used similarly to how JT Looper and Dustin Boskis was used. Uh, really has a tremendous cutback. Uh, uh, every time he he cut back and defend the mist. Um, Runs, runs a nice deep route, also has return ability here, uh, and and th did a good job of making the tough catches here. Uh, I mean, th this is a, this is a position where I, I'm curious to see if these guys are getting getting looks. Now I know we brought in Isaac Beverly here, who I'll get to momentarily from Independence. But if we're looking at receiver, I mean, we're all losing Dustin Blaskins here. Man, was absolute beast. Uh, and so, we're looking at returning. You obviously have Priest Phillips. You still have Josh Moore back. You have Dawson uh, Huddleston and Bizel the fourth, along with Diego Richards. I know they have a couple of red shirts last year. I think uh, they have one from East Central. But that's basically fine that are proven. You also get Mikhail Hall back, who I, I'm, I'm looking forward to because again, Mikhail Hall is, I'm telling you, that the end of his registered freshman season was, I was on a tear. So you, that, 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 that six, if you're counting as Beverly, that's seven. Uh, so I feel like he's probably pegged for a registered year barring injury. You know, last year the injury bug was just awful. Down about three receivers uh, in the season finale against against Poria there. Um, but this is a guy again, a pretty good size though already at six foot. Uh, I feel like you know if we get a registered year, he'll probably. You know, maybe gain some without losing speed. Um, it's definitely a, a, a promising wideout. Then you have wide receiver Javion Dangerfield, 5'8", 155 out of Duncan. That's where my man Trevor Stone is from. Shout out to Trevor Stone. Um, 
You still gotta also have returnability. Uh, really, really, really speedy. Uh, he usually gets to the top of the route before the ball is even there. There are actually several clips where he literally had to stop on the route because he had to wait. He had to wait for the ball to get there. Uh, makes tough catches. Uh, he had a very impressive one where he was falling down and had to catch it kind of off, uh, off to the right side. Uh, he's similar size and ability to Dustin Boskis. He really reminds me a lot of Dustin Boskis. Uh, both are similar stature. Uh, both similar ability here. Dustin Boskis made plays that most 5'9", 5'8 guys don't make. I'm getting the same vibes here from, from Dangerfield. Um, he, uh, he also, I mean, because you, you do have uh, Diego Richards also in a similar build and mold. Now, Diego was hurt, but before Diego was hurt, Diego uh, also really impressed me as, as a deep threat there. Uh, so, kind of a guy in a similar mode, in a similar mode here, I feel like uh, this is a dude, again, the slot could really, really do some damage there down the line. And finally, listen before earlier here, uh, Isaac Beverly, 6'2", 200 out of Independence Community College by way of Dell City. Uh, Bobek says another local product with three years to play coming home. Isaac is a big wideout that can stretch the field and make plays with the ball in his hands. He is enrolled and going through spring. Now, if you recall, the last, you know, big-bodied receiver from Juco was Amante Preet-Phillips. And Amante Preet-Phillips, aside from the ball security issues... Uh, was an absolute beast. Uh, so if we can get a similar production out of Beverly, I, I'll be thoroughly happy uh, because that would give us then, we're talking Preach is 6'3", uh, Huddleston is 6'4", Mikhail Hall, I believe, is 6'2", 6'3", himself. Bazell the fourth is around 6'1", so that's a lot of height right there. Uh, which, which again is what you definitely want there. You kind of want size, height, size, speed ratio. I think that that's what you're going to get in those. The receiving core uh, definitely got a boost in the future and now because I, I get it. We can kill all contact from that from that hip injury uh, back to his old self. That's going to be a dangerous receiving core. Uh, if they can stay healthy. Uh, then on the offensive line, there were two offensive linemen signed. Uh, Jordan Overson, 6'5", 255, and out of Lincoln Christian. Now, obviously, the frame here is fantastic because at 6'5", uh, he probably adds more weight to, to that. Uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, nasty run blocker. Let me tell you, uh, uh, several, several times the defensive lineman was five to ten yards down the field and on the ground. Uh, stays on the man the whole play. Now, that, that I feel like sometimes is overlooked. You have those guys, you know, that'll make 
the initial block and then kind of stop. But he he keeps on his man, uh, has great leg drive, a lot of pancakes, and stop defenders at the line of scrimmage, especially in pass protection. Really, really has good bend. Uh, I, I, I know Bobek also pointed out too. A really, really good knee bend. It's something that I hadn't seen really. Um, I just like has jumped out to me before on linemen, but his 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 really, really did. He's another guy you can't wait to see uh, what a redshirt year will do to him because all the tools are there. Again, I feel like he he can you know gain another 20, 30, 30 pounds, but. We're liking the uh, the possibility here of Mr. Overson. Then you have Cooper McCoy, big 6'4", 295 out of Durant. Uh, another nasty blocker that doesn't lose many battles. Lots of pancakes. Uh, run blocking is definitely the strength. Uh, run blocking is definitely the strength here. He's solid in path pro, but, but, but to me, run blocking is already better than that uh he 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 offers some versatility can play both guard and center i think i think in the article coach said they're gonna have him at guard uh but you at least have that 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 option there uh to move him to center so he's another guy probably will get the red shirt i know we brought in a big lineman class last year a couple of big dudes out of Stillwater, and then there was a dude out of Guthrie. Uh, so I suspect they'll both probably be getting the register here. Um, but again, I'm liking the line here. We're getting size and we're getting nastiness, uh, which to me are, are, are two of the biggest things you want in the offensive alignment. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball here. Now this, this, this here, I would say these next, these next five players, okay, I, I might, I probably spend roughly 45 minutes to an hour watching them, uh, because the film, uh, it, uh, the film spoke for himself, you know, if you call last year, we signed TJ Roberts at the time, and I was sitting there asking myself, why did we sign another running back? And when I turned on the highlight clip that they had posted after he signed, uh, and the first clip was him leaping over a standing defender and running for a touchdown, I turned it off and said, okay, I, I, I get that. That is what these next... Four got five guys. Uh, I could say the same thing. Um, we're gonna start off here with Hunter Largent, 6'1, 310, Nobles. Already day one has South coming there. Make it make, make an impact in the play. I extremely quick off the ball. I, I'm talking about this man, I'm talking about timing the snap. I mean, is in the backfield. I I, I, I don't know. Immaculate timing, immaculate burst. Uh, 
if, I mean, I, most of the clips was he lived in in the in the backfield. One clip particularly, uh, which I had to watch about three four times. Literally, as soon as the ball was snapped, man pancaked the center, stared at him, got up, and then hit the running back so hard the man's helmet came off. Uh, he, that is a very, very special play. I can only be, be, be made by special players. Uh, really pushes the pocket there and get, um, it just, you know, watch the film. I'm just, on, on, on these next five guys, if you don't believe me when, when I'm, you think I'm overhyping them, go watch the film. Just Google, Google these five guys and huddle and watch the film and the film will speak for itself. I I, I was that impressed. He's a guy again, I feel like at that they was a tackle spot. I mean, really only have Mike Rios, uh, who again we can just get consistency out of Mike Rios. Uh, uh and uh Mike Rios and uh Darn, I, 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 I lost it. I lost it. Because, because we do lose KK, we do lose the five stars, uh, we do lose Court Brown Jr. There is Mike Rios, and there is one other name I'm forgetting at the moment, but I feel like him is definitely at defensive tackle spot a chance to come in there and really, I mean, really push for playing time. Uh, then you have. Kyron Williams, 6'3", 285, out of Dell City. Played both inside and outside at Dell City, so you have some options there. Uh, he set block well, uh, but uh, was a hard hitter who sometimes overran the tackle, kind of took a bad pursuit angle, but definitely affected the play. And also is is another guy here that pushes the pocket uh, from both the inside and the outside. He's guys I feel like probably will get the red shirt. Uh, the other four guys, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Uh, the next guy, Vaka uh, Tufa, uh, Tufa. Tufa. To, to um, 6'3", 316 out of Poto. Now, let me tell you here, uh, the tape on this man it, uh, was also immaculate. I'm talking about a dude that has a great blend of power and speed, also extremely quick off the ball. Uh, one play, he pushed the center into the running back and made a tackle. Uh, they he tackled them both. That, uh, I had to watch it about three or four times. A very, very nasty. Uh, punishes runners. Uh, there, there, there is no soft tackling. There is throwing. There is pure nasty viciousness on every hit. Uh, actually sheds blocks not only easily. But does it with either power or a deadly swim move, which is something that you don't see from a lot of bigger guys in high school. Most of them kind of overpower their way. So it's good to see him already have somewhat of an arsenal of moves. 
leather guy is going to be hard to keep off the field. I, I, just the size, the blend of power and speed, just ability to get after the ball. Uh, it's going to be tough to keep off the field. Uh, then you have Montreal Cozart here, six foot two sixty, out of Bishop Kelly. Uh, he did not have his senior highlights. I cannot find them, but he did have his junior highlights posted. And uh, the stats, the stats at the beginning of that of that video. Man, now mind you here, he's a defensive lineman. Man had 148 tackles with eight sacks as a junior. 148 tackles. Never wasn't me reading, how is that possible? How can my defensive lineman have 148 tackles? Let me tell you, in the first two clips, you could stop the video right there because what I saw in those first two clips uh, was a man that plays with tremendous burst. Uh, I mean, like he he shot out of a cannon on every snap, uh, quick off the ball, of uh, very very violent. I get a, a lot of just ragdolling running backs and quarterbacks and um, offensive linemen. Uh, overpowered much bigger lineman. There was even one time where he fought off the triple team, ran and ran the man down on the sideline to make the tackle. Uh, pushes the pocket extremely well, uh, and also has a decent arsenal of moves. He's a guy again, tough to keep off the field. I I get these linemen really to me. Really, than me, all have a chance. And I, I know brought in, brought in what three transfer linemen, and I, 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 I get that, and I'm sure they're probably solid in, the, in, in their, in their own right. But it's gonna be tough, man. This is, this is gonna be. T I mean, these guys look so good. Uh, and then finally, here, the last freshman lineman, Zane Adams. 6'2", 260 out of Haskell. Now, that's, if Haskell sounds familiar, that's because um, when, we, when we recap the thorough beatdown of Northeastern State, uh, one of the two players I said that I liked out of there, Mark Whelan, was also from Haskell. Uh, Zane Adams, also from Haskell. Uh, now, again, 6'2", 260. Now, I, 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 what would jump out to you if you watched the film, I believe was the first play of the film. Uh, you will see number 99, Mr. Zane Adams, line up at running back. You would then see him break a 60-yard touchdown run against Kingston where he broke, I don't know how many tackles, uh, executed a couple of jukes and a step back. Uh, this man is extremely agile. Uh, as several several plays where he ran a running back down the field uh, when most linemen can't. Um, nasty tackler, hard hitter, also quick, quick, quick off the ball. But he played running back at two sixty. Uh, I, I mean, so you see, 
the ability there athletically here, obviously quality athlete. Uh, again, to me, it's the makeup speed for alignment. I mean, he, he ran on guys, and I, I had to be one that was at least 10 or 15 yards down the field that he was able to make a play on there. He's a guy I'm, I'm also excited to see here. I'm hoping, I'm hoping here we can use this dude in the red zone. I'm just, I'm just gonna be putting that out there. I mean, does know how to run with the ball. He's 260, 6'2 on the goal line. Just, no, I mean, between him and 6'6", Cody Scott, I feel like the red zone game should be solid here for year to come. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really do. Uh, and then for the transfers here, you have Mike Pope, 6'250", out of Independence by way of Dell City. Uh, coach says local defensive lineman with three years remaining coming home. Mike is a talented kid. That will add physicality and pass rush to the room. He is enrolled and going through the spring. And you also here have Sesai Salt, six foot three hundred, transferred from Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, coach had to say, experienced defensive lineman that should come in and, cont- and contribute immediately. Sesi is a strong kid with unique flexibility he is enrolled and going through spring and then finally here gene hopkins 62265 utep transfer a versatile defensive lineman that can play inside or outside has pass ability and natural strength is enrolled and going through spring drills so again defensive line uh the future looking very very very, 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 very promising. Uh, moving on to the linebacking core here. We have Tony Rayburn, the second six foot two hundred out of NEO and Edmond, Oklahoma. Tony is a run and hit player that is already enrolled and working through winter conditioning. We love his athleticism and physical style of play. You recall the linebacking core. Losing decent amount. I mean, losing a lot of impact guys. Byron Burner, Dylan Hall, Jeremiah Hill, all standouts. So you do return Jason Harris. Should be getting Marlon Hughes. Again, the guy I thought was turning the corner before the collarbone injury. You're getting him back. Again, Isaiah Major is back there too. I think Isaiah Feaster should be back. Uh, but again, I don't know if it's going to be the same under Coach Dustin Landry, but I know Russ Pickett liked to rotate in a lot of bodies, so a lot of these guys could still see playing time. Um, speaking of Isaiah Major, his former teammate at Millwood, Jaden Mullins, uh, 5'11", um, has joined the fray now, and he did get hurt his senior season, so... Only had about two minutes worth of film. But what I can see uh, was that he sheds blocks and finds the ball quickly. Uh, has the ability to be an effective blitzer. Uh, which, again, I noted was the key strength of Isaiah Major last year. 
a good, good, good recovery speed and coming from again a well coached program there in Millwood uh, under uh, coach, coach, coach Franklin there. Uh, then you have Eliza Wright, 5'11", 225 out of Vianne, uh, was an All-Stater, 136 tackles, 37 TFLs, 16 sacks, and three fourth fumbles. Uh, again, 37 TFLs, 16 sacks. A hard hitter. Um, several big time hits here. Uh, good, good at finding the ball and making him a play. Uh, physical, uh, obviously at at two twenty five, um, is is more of a is you know bigger than um, most linebackers. Uh, physical, capable blitzer. Um, there were several times where he blitzed both from the middle and the outside and got back to find the suppressor. Uh, gets all blocks well and is just, and is just an all-around, all-around player. I know Coach praised his, his leadership. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what I, what uh, Mr. Wright can, can bring to the table here. Uh, then you have, to me, another big-time signing here. That is one Reese Collier, 6'2", 220, out of Carl Albert. Now, this is a guy... Talking about All-Stater, Oklahoma Defensive Player of the Year, 140 tackles, uh, two picks, and one for a touchdown. Uh, he had a he he had a preferred walk-on offer from OU, and they don't just, they don't just hand those out to uh, anybody there. Um, beast on the edge on 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 uh, on blitzes, uh, strong physical. Hard hitter also played on special teams, blocked a putt, uh, which is always good there. Uh, punishes defenders there again. There is no soft tackle. Um, identifies and finds the ball and finds the ball quickly here, which all linebackers do. That were that were signed. I guess all blocks well. Also solid in coverage, but this is a guy I feel like could definitely be pushing for playing time here. Uh, j just a solid player, again, from another World Coast program out there in Carl Alberts. Uh, then, then they won with five straight state championships. Um, so he's a guy, I, again, I suspect here to also push for early playing time. Uh, the final linebacker here, James Stevenson, good size here at 6'3", 205, out of Santa Fe. Uh, he was a converted safety last year was his first year playing linebacker, so you know he has the cover skills. Um, again, has has a great frame and grow here. Good instinct, solid, solid, solid tackler. Uh, actually does a, actually did a good job, honestly, of wading through the traffic and setting the blocks for a converted safety. Uh, he's a guy I suspect red shirt. Probably could gain something here, uh, maybe 15, 15, 20 more, you know, pounds there. Um, get him, you know, more bigger, make it easier to fire off those uh, blocks. But, but definitely to me here, as the as the converted safety, both him 
and Rayburn are second here. Uh, the, 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 com the coverage skills should be there, which is good because, again, if you recall last year, that Will Routes was a thorn in UCO's side. Uh, hopefully, with again, with those two, and then Reese Collier having pretty good coverage skills, uh, that should be eradicated. Uh, then in the secondary here, where UCO also signed a lot of people, uh, you have DB Rajon Green, 6'185 out of Tulsa Edison. Uh, this is a long, rangy guy, really good ball skills, um, makes the play on the um, makes the play on the ball, knows how to use his uh, length there. Get I got a lot, and I'm I got a lot of Daniel Bauman vibes. Now I feel like Rajon might be ahead of where Bauman was just in like just now, just now, because uh, if you recall, Bauman registered and then struggled there early in his registered freshman season before really, you know, before blossoming last year. For like Razor Green, though, slightly better. It seems he, it seems like he, he just has, he has more awareness of how to use the length. Uh, again, he, he makes the plays on the uh on on the baller has really really good really good good really good hands um then his fellow teammate at Tulsa Edison well, two more actually uh Thomas Ivy 510 195 uh this is a guy really fast um again at 5'10 is actually solid in man uh, is, is willing to make a tackle, also put on the offensive side of his ball. Uh, so he has the ball skills. Um, and, and, and again, it's just another guy. Now, I feel like he's probably a registered here, but um, he's a guy that, that I'm also excited to, excited to see here. Kind of in a similar mode as what Kobe Underwood, who again was just clutch. Uh, like I said about him, an extremely, extremely clutch player. Uh, and then the final Edison guy, you have Torrin Walker, 6'1 and 175. So another tall defensive back uh, from, from Tulsa Edison. Length, again, great instincts here. I saw where he jumped around about a handful of times, making plays just by reading the quarterback's eyes. Uh, is a willing tackler. Solomon run support. Uh, he kind of has a hard time setting blocks, but again, at 175, should come with some added strength. But really, to me, just his uh, instincts and his football IQ there really jumped out to me on film because a lot of DBs would not have made the plays that he made. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what Mr. Walker does. Uh, then you have another Colbert guy, safety Jonathan Mosley, 6'1", 195, 99 tackles, three picks, six pass breakups. Again, well coached with a very good program. Length and ball skills immediately jump. Uh, is a hard hitter, makes makes plays on uh, on the ball. 
finds the ball in traffic and runs support, is willing to run support. Uh, there, there's several clips where he was seen, you know, making a downhill tackle. Uh, and he's solid in both man and zone. Again, at 6-1, has the big size that you need there. Similar build to one O'Shea Harris from All-American. Uh, hopefully, we'll get, a, we'll get a shot at the next level. Um, then you have uh, Tavius McDonald, 5'10", 155, out of, out of Sulphur. Uh, he's a guy I think will redshirt purely because of the size, but has big returnability. Uh, willing tackler uh, was not bad, again, for being 155. Good ball skills, fluid hips on, on a dime there. I was a guy, and most of his highlights were offense. Um, so, but again, in the return game here, there's several guys that I, that I noted that have return ability. We're all losing Boskus as a, as a returner, but you know I do know um, we have Diego Richards on that. There's returning before he got hurt by Zell. Did some returning last year, so. Uh, should 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 be should be good there for a while, um, and then some transfers here. And you have cornerback John Smith, another, another big body kid, uh, 6'1", 185 from Howard by way of Muskogee. Uh, John is another Oklahoma kid that's coming home. He has three years of eligibility left, and is currently on campus. He can really run. And does a great job on his, on his running routes at the line of scrimmage. You also have DB Demarius Farmer, 5'9, 185 at the Coffeville Community College in Kansas. Demarius is a versatile athlete that can play in multiple positions. He was highly productive both against the run and pass. Uh, he is enrolled in going through the spring. Then you have. Uh, Renell Gurrier, 5'11", 205 out of Fort Scott. That was the former home of one Barry Higdon. Uh, talented kid with a diverse skill set. Has played multiple positions in college, but projects to safety. He is enrolled and going through spring. Now, safety is a position here. You're losing both. O'Shea, my man Jakari, Headhunter Hunt. I know Dylan Dylan Buckheit came on strong last year at safety. Uh, but I'm curious to see who uh, who takes their uh, their uh, spots there. You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see who takes the spots. Um, and then uh, finally here, running out the corners. Big a big corner here, Rasheed Marshall, 6'3", 205, out of Independence. Uh, extremely long corner with a high ceiling. Rasheed is fluid for his size, and is a great addition to our secondary. Now this is a guy six three. A Barry Hayden was six three, and Malik Walker was six two. Now remember. Um, a couple of years ago, um, on a signing day, Coach pointed out the fact that while Luke Walker was not the best corner, 
He was long and rangy, and it shied away quarterbacks from trying to test him. Rashad Marshall, I mean, Rasheed Marshall could do the same thing at 6'3". Definitely was the biggest corner or DB on the roster here, but again, only two DBs signed that were under six foot, and both of them were both 5'10". So the length is getting there. Um, and then rounding out the class, you have an athlete, Kyshawn Murray Jr., uh, 5'9", 160 out of Dell City. Uh, again, returnability uh, has top end speed. I think he ran a 4-4. Um, reaches top top speed fast. Uh, on a defensive side of the ball, uh, good, good ball skills there. And then offensively here, uh, makes tough catches and not afraid to go over the, uh, over the middle. Kind of getting some uh, Diego Richardson vibes here. I mean, I mean Diego, Diego Richards vibes out of that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. My best bet is probably offense with that 4-4 speed. Um, and then finally here you have a kicker, Nicky Covado, the younger brother of Alex Covado. Uh, 6'3", 210 out of Alize, Texas. Uh, Coach said, we are excited about getting Nicky. He is a big kicker with a strong leg and has shown exceptional accuracy. He will be a huge asset to our special team unit. So that is, that is the class. Um, again, overall, a very impressive class. Um, a lot of needs were melt. I've, I'm a I feel like improvement was made across the board, especially along the off along the defensive line and the and the secondary. I think we gained the size and length uh, that coach has been trying to get in there now. Uh, to me, on the defensive side, of the ball could be a lot of early impact guys, especially along a lot of scrimmage. Uh, offensively, here I think. You know, we're setting ourselves up well for the future. Um, you know, a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, ace back, and tight end, as well as adding two more linemen. We can never have enough enough linemen. Uh, overall, I was definitely pleased with this class. Um, it's definitely a bigger class than I have uh, recalled. Um, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm really like, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm really looking forward to spring practice, uh, seeing how those 10 mid-year transfers do. Um, and then obviously fall practice comes uh, when the freshmen come in there and then we can really see what we're working with. Uh, so far, I have been two for two on calling freshman playing. Uh, you recall uh, the first year of the podcast, I have said that Tyrone Howe uh, was going to be tough to come off the field, and after, after three games, he was on the field. And then last year, I said uh, Isaiah Major going to be tough to keep off the field, and he was on the field. I mentioned a couple of guys this year, um, so I'm going to see if my streak continues. But uh, overall, I was really pleased. And again, the future is looking really, 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 really bright here for Michigan football. So, 
Um, before we get out of here, I do want to give a quick shout out to my man James D. Jackson, uh, the former editor in chief of the Vista, who is now a part of the Daily Oklahoma staff. So I, I want to give a shout out here to my man James D. Jackson. Uh, just doing big things, but uh, guess next time we come on here, it'll probably be probably be spring. Uh, hopefully, one of us can make the spring game. But uh, until that time, uh, that's probably going to do it. Um, I'll be back here with basketball. I, I've tried. We have tried, well, James and I have tried to get on that front. It's just the schedules uh, with me and the Thunder and then him with the, with the Oklahoma. It, it, is, it is tough. It is tough to get to the games. Um, and I feel like even if we do, we're not really up to date enough to provide you all with the quality content that we want to put out. Um, so that's what happened on that front. Uh, but it was not for a lack of effort. So that's going to do it. Uh, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll, I'll talk to you all later.